Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is The Legend of Retro. Welcome to The Legend of Retro. I am your first commentator, Craig WK, and uh, with me is my co-host and uh, commentator, The Glitch. Hey, Craig, how's it going today? Well, Glitch, we're looking at a beautiful day here. It's uh, nice and sunny as we sit inside and can't go out. Our athletes are ready to go here, so uh, what do we got going today? Oh, we have a bunch of people uh, just swinging uh, uh, little tiny uh, remote controls around. Uh, they look like they're uh, maybe having a, uh, some kind of uh, panic attack. It's hard to tell. It's uh, a lot of hand-waving. Yeah, that, uh, that 90-year-old grandfather better sit down because he's going to have a heart attack. <laughs> that is so true. Today, we're talking about Wii Sports. Released and packaged with the Nintendo Wii, which launched on November 19th, 2006, this sports game used motion controls to provide an immensely casual experience. That is all true. There were 21 games released uh, at launch date for the Wii. And yeah, this one was packaged in North America, but not in Japan. They had to pay separate. Yeah. Uh, which is rather interesting. It's, uh, uh, I feel like the, because uh, I don't think Japan had any pack-in title. Yeah, I don't like to see if they had something with the system or not. I don't believe they did. Uh, and I could be wrong, but I don't think they did. And, uh... Uh, that was pretty bold, but uh, clearly it worked out for him because uh, uh, it ended up being one of the best-selling games on the system. One of the best-selling games of all time. Yeah, right? It's insane. Yeah. So there's a lot to talk about with Wii Sports because Wii Sports, I feel, is essentially what put gaming down a kind of a dark path, so to speak, for a while there. Yeah, it was it was like they tried for I mean, right now in the when the world we're in, there's VR. And that's just kind of like a gimmicky thing right now that isn't going full force. Mm-hmm. Nintendo was like, here's our new system. It's all motion control. There's that's it. You can't not do motion control. We're going all in on this gimmick and that and that that's what happened and it blew off. Mm-hmm. But it it didn't stay that long, and that's kind of where we get into like the Wii U generation of its life cycle, and it, it was already dead. Yeah, it, it's it's very interesting because Nintendo was immensely successful. Like they made a lot of money on the Wii, and uh, like you know, Wii Sports had a lot to do with that. And uh, the big thing is, is that in Nintendo's minds, they were like this is it, let's go for it. And all of the kind of the more hardcore video game crowd was like, no, like, we don't like this. You know, we we want an actual controller in our hands. This isn't how we want it. And Nintendo was kind of like, bah, 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 bah. you know, yeah, yeah, we, we, we hear you. Yeah, we'll, we'll, you know, we know what we're doing. And then the Wii U, which arguably had a controller, but was still used Wiimotes, was a flop. It, it was a very unsuccessful system, which is a shame because yeah. I did enjoy it. I, uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's it, we sports. I feel is both a blessing to the gaming world and kind of a pox. It, yeah, it, I, 
yeah. think they just what happened is they just made all the right moves. They wanted to branch off from just young gamers mm-hmm. and appeal to a different audience. They wanted this to be, you know, user friendly, super easy to pick up and play. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. And I think by having Wii Sports bundled in with it for us in North America, that was the reason I got a Wii. I don't know, like there were a lot of great games that came off on launch day, but everyone who had a Wii, we were going over playing sports games. It didn't even matter how boring sports games were. It was just fun to see you as a character built into this game playing a sport. Yeah, uh, it it was. It's crazy that Nintendo struck like solid gold with this game. Uh, it, it's insane because at a base level. It shouldn't be as fun as it is, but it was. It was a lot of fun. You're right. I mean, when the Wii came out, I think I had uh, uh, Wii Sports with it. I had uh, uh, the new Zelda game because Twilight Princess came out uh, on the the Wii, so I thought I wanted to get that. You know, on the yeah, the best that was a long title too, wasn't it? Yep, it was. Uh, and then I think there's maybe a couple other regular games I had, but I don't remember them especially well. And then of the Virtual Console launched that day as well yeah and uh you know so so i really enjoyed the wii there's a lot it had going for it for me but yeah for most people it was just wii sports and like i mean i can remember playing wii sports with uh sean the arcade phantom from noiseland arcade xander from legend of retro i remember back in the day playing with them uh played with my sister my mom my grandparents played at one point uh, we, uh, one of the big things I remember about Wii Sports was, uh, uh, mine and Matrick on stage. Uh, one of the reasons that we kind of became closer after high school, cause we hadn't really talked that much throughout high school. Uh, one of the reasons was we have a mutual friend, uh, named Dom and, uh, uh, Dom would host like drinking parties, like at his place. Like we would drink and play video games and Wii Sports was one of the games we played a lot. And yeah. I, I mean, it's just like in my house, I got a Wii. And before you know it, I'm playing a game, a video game with my dad, who has literally only picked up a controller to play Punch-Out <laughs> on the NES. <laughs> like, it was just a bizarre world that this brought because you were getting like people together who just normally wouldn't play video games because it was just it was just a sports game that was fun and easy yeah yeah i mean the the you know it it, i feel like it kind of almost goes without saying but but for those who don't know uh we sports has also been used for like rehabilitation uh there was a uh like a boxer who had been injured and had to go through rehab and we sports the boxing game helped him with his rehab there are soldiers that uh came back from uh, presumably afghanistan injured and throughout their rehab they were sometimes playing wii sports and it helped them you know because it might be a simplified game it's not like you're actually running around and and swinging a real baseball bat or or tennis or racket or whatever uh but you still have to go through the range of motion to use it and that's what helped a lot of people out yeah. And I mean, like one of our partners is, you know, Mott's Children's Hospital, and that's kind of what they're 
their thing is is that they're using gaming as a way for recovery and to help help kids you know come back from these surgeries and these operations that they have to go through and yeah. this is a great example the nintendo wii is something that helped people who had to overcome these obstacles yeah if uh uh if the mots arcade uh thing was going on back in 2006 they would have been using wii sports for sure yeah. you know i uh, absolutely would have been i uh, but let's uh before we dive into like the gameplay I did have a question. Uh, did you just use a... Because, uh, you know, uh, the Wii had Miis, which were little customizable characters uh, that you could use. And, like, some people would just make themselves. Other people would make, like, celebrities and use them. <laughs> uh, like, when you played baseball, it would use a bunch of your Miis. And so, like, I had, like, Michael Jackson... <laughs> and uh, uh, like John Travolta and you know uh, uh, Billy D Williams and like all these like celebrities and stuff that I enjoyed, Mr. T, uh, that would you know be a part of your like baseball teams and stuff. Uh, did you have anyone you used in particular that you really enjoyed? So I mean, obviously, I, I had me, my wife. Uh, you know, our families, we had all those people. Uh-huh. But yeah, we did have like the bizarre, like freak characters that you would build by just using all the obscure, like, oh, what's the heaviest and shortest I can make someone? What's the tallest and skinniest I can make someone? Who's got the most ridiculous eyes and hair? Uh, I, I did remember I would Google like ways to make certain characters uh-huh. and like cartoon characters. I found out you could make Snoopy by just taking the beard and removing the eyes. Or removing the nose or something like that. Like, you would just give him a goatee as his nose and then remove the actual nose. Like, you could do things like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember playing around with that quite a bit. Uh, when I was at home, I had a, a me for myself because it was just the first one I made. Uh, but every time I went to someone else's house and I had to make a me, I would make old Craig. Like an old man, Craig? Yeah, it was just me as an old man with gray hair <laughs> and wrinkles. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, let's yeah, let's talk about the me. So, I, I feel like this Wii Sports helped create the idea of me's because they didn't want to have, you know, celebrities or other characters like Mario be this, the, the player, because it would almost feel like they were playing and not you as the user. So, mm-hmm. they wanted... You'd have this character of yourself playing these sports games. Uh, for the record, I also appreciate that you didn't call out that I absolutely had gray hair even that long ago. <clears throat> anyway, uh, but, I am uh, I am bald. I am not going to judge anyone for their hair. You know this. <laughs> fair, very fair. I. Uh, but yeah, yeah so no. it was it was a game designer and director. Uh, Keizo Oda, who was the one who said, who came up with the idea that was like, we just don't want, you know, players to play Mario. There's already like Mario Strikers and Mario Golf. They've already done that. It's been done. So they just wanted something different. And then that kind of helped develop develop the idea of the Mii channel. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, even Microsoft ripped off the idea uh, with the uh, avatars in their uh, Xbox Live or the 360. You know, uh, it's funny that, like, before the Wii came out, Microsoft and Sony were both just like, this is dumb, nobody cares about this, and then Nintendo struck gold, and they 
both started to backpedal and jumped into like the Connect and the PlayStation Move. And it's really funny uh, because at the time, uh, Nintendo was asked about that. Like Nintendo, when Sony was unveiling the Move, which is very similar to the Wiimote, uh, they were like, you know, Nintendo, what do you have to say? And I don't remember who the spokesperson was who said it, but uh, all they said was, uh, uh, imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. <laughs> uh, which is which is fun, and it's interesting that, like, you know, for that game era, motion controls and, and what Nintendo was doing bled into all of the big video game companies at the time. Yeah, and I'm trying to look it up. I do remember hearing that the guy who patented the motion controls originally went to Microsoft and Sony pitching their ideas and really? they both turned them down. Idiots. Yeah. And then so they brought it to Nintendo and Nintendo was like, we can use this. And this is back, I think, right when the GameCube had just released. Oh. So uh, I'm trying to look up the guy's name. But, um, but yeah, so I mean, they had turned it down. The Sony and Microsoft, which is hilarious. Oh man, I bet they were kicking themselves after that because the PlayStation Move wasn't that successful. And, or was I think it was not successful in the least. And the Kinect was sort of successful. Like, they sold some, but it wasn't, like, it wasn't some gaming revolution like they wanted it to be. Yeah. Uh, but I... Oh, also, before we dive into the gameplay, I, I... Do you know the last Nintendo system that decided to pack in a sports game for free? Uh... Let me think about that. Um, let's see here. So, and 64 then. Oh, uh, I do. I do know that. <laughs> Isn't it the Virtual Boy with Mario Tennis or it, something like that? It is indeed. Yes. Uh, which was, you know, potentially could have been a bad omen, but it worked out for them. So, you know, good yeah. on them. Uh, yeah, that's not a good idea to play off of. What did we do for the for the virtual uh, for the for the for the virtual boy? Yeah, let's do that for the Wii. That's a good idea. Run but with it, it. yeah, it paid off. Yeah, uh, did you see? So uh, we have five sports games. Yeah, yeah. Packages in this. There's uh, tennis, golf, and baseball, which were the original three that they had planned. Originally, do you know what the original? F- yeah. Do you know what the original fourth was? Wasn't it just tennis? I think it was just tennis uh, for, like, the very first demo they did. And then when it came back, they added baseball and uh, uh, bowling. Oh, was it bowling? It was golf. Golf, that's right. Uh, and then they finally added golf and uh, or bowling and boxing, right? Yeah. So the original idea was uh, they had those three planned. And then at E3, there was a fourth game that didn't end up making the final cut. Do you know what game that was? I Yeah, when I was looking it up, it was something that made it into uh, uh, the Wii Sports Resort. Is it like the plane game? Yep. Yeah, it's an airplane game, kind of like Pilot Wings, where you have to fly through wings or kind of like, I hate to bring it up, Superman 64, oh. <laughs> where you have to fly through rings. Uh, they had an airplane game that they actually demoed at E3 2006. And uh, I guess they decided it wasn't so much like a sports game, so they removed it. And then, yeah, like you said, it was brought in for resort. Uh, they wanted more than just the three games, so they wanted to bring in bowling or boxing. They didn't really know what one to bring in, but they liked the idea that boxing used both the nunchuck and the Wii remote. Yeah. So they decided just to throw both in and have a five-game system. Yeah, or five-sports game. Five sports game. 
Yeah, yeah. The so uh, here's a quick question: uh, What was your favorite of all five? Uh, I would say the one I played the most was bowling because uh, my wife Danielle loves to bowl. Uh, but for me personally, I liked the baseball. Baseball, I think, might have been my favorite too. Because yeah, really you get to see the, the fun thing about baseball was if you had a bunch of me's on your me channel, you they all played. Uh-huh. So you could pick like a main, you know, your main guy. He pitched. He was the first batter up. But the rest of your team was filled in with people from your me. And if you didn't have enough people for a team, they would make these like random generated me's. <laughs> You're like, hey, who's who's Mitch? I don't remember <laughs> making a Mitch. I don't think I have a friend named Mitch. That's weird. I, uh, yeah, the the baseball I think was my favorite. It's uh, uh, not the one I played the most either. Uh, bowling was the one I played the most because it was also something you could play with lots of people. Yeah, because uh, yeah. I think I, you could just take turns, right? Yeah, so it was like each, you know, just like how regular bowling is. Once you finish a frame. Oh no, I mean like you didn't need four. Like, couldn't you play with like even more than four people because you could just keep oh like you trade it off you know what actually i don't remember i don't remember either i want to say it it was something like that because i feel like i remember playing with like lots of people uh when we would play wee bowling and maybe it was only four people at a time but i want to say that maybe it was you trade the remote back and forth i don't remember yeah the nice thing about the bowling was that's one of those games like i played that with my dad he knew how bowling works, uh, and all you do is just take the remote and throw it like you're throwing a bowling ball. It's uh, 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 yeah. It, it, so it's kind of interesting. Uh, bowling is you know what I ended up playing the most, uh, but you know I when I when I played it the most was typically at these like drinking parties, you know that uh, uh, I was going to, and you know when after a while you've had a few, you know you're a little clumsier. And stuff, and you know, in my case, even feeling a little lazy, uh, I learned how to throw strikes while sitting down. So basically, what I would do is I'd just sit there, and there was a way I would move my arm as while I was sitting in the, and I learned the proper way to like you know do this certain motion where that you always threw a strike. Yeah, and everybody hated it because <laughs> I was just sitting there, just meh, w- waving my arm around, and I would get a strike. And uh, yeah, people weren't too thrilled about that. You're not doing it right, Craig. You got to stand up. You got to set your shoulders square. You got to take the step forward. It, it, you're not doing the process right. That's the problem. Uh, I wasn't, but you know what gets results? <laughs> sitting on my butt. <laughs> Uh, it's funny you bring that up because there is an uh, an older gentleman who has the world record for the most 300 games, and that's how he would play. He would sit down and throw the Wii remote. Like, between his legs, he would have it so he could control his arms steady. Interesting. And he's the person with the world record for the most 300 games bowled on the, on the bowling. That's great. Um, by the way, so I did look it up. You could play up to five characters, and yes, you would share the same remote. Oh, cool, cool. I uh, kind of weird that they stopped at five, but uh, whatever. I, I'm glad I'm not completely crazy. I. So yeah, when I. With Wii Sports, it's just you know. Ridiculous, just how accessible it was. Because like you said, yeah. you know, your parents played. Uh, at one uh, at one point, I had my grandparents play, 
And, like, yeah, they didn't, like, really enjoy it that much. It wasn't like they were like, we're going to go buy our own Wii, you know, like, because I've heard that from some people where, like, you know, their grandparents ended up buying a Wii themselves because they enjoyed it. Uh, you know, my grandparents didn't get into it, but it was interesting to watch them play a video game. Yeah. Like, that was just crazy. Yeah. Uh, did you ever buy any of these, uh, the attachments that came out for the controller? Remember there was, like, tennis rackets? Uh, I never did, No. Okay. Uh, I but I, I was kind of hoping you did because I never did either because <laughs> I thought they were super lame. They're really but yeah, dumb. they had like they had all sorts of stuff: baseball bats, golf clubs. I think I, uh, I don't know if it was my buddy Dom or not, but one one of my friends I feel like had some of that stuff, and I remember thinking like, "This is so cheap. Why would you even bother?" <laughs> it was like just so like crappy. I don't even know if Nintendo made up. No, for the, I'm pretty sure it was another third party company like Mad Cats. I don't think it was Mad Cats specifically, but I wouldn't be surprised. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Mad Cats had their hand in all the crappy controllers. Yeah. I, the only thing we had that was attachment wise was the the steering wheel, which I feel like helped. Yeah, I, that, it was just an easier way to hold the controller. Now that you mention it, I did have the uh, the steering wheel for Mario Kart. Yeah, but no, 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 no tennis racket, no golf club. I didn't need all that stuff. I got the uh, Wiimote bowling ball. You uh, put it in an actual bowling ball and throw it uh, down the uh, living room. and then, yep, uh, simulates... right into the TV. Oh, speaking of right into the TV, <laughs> we didn't even bring up the uh, the surge of people complaining about how uh, Wiimotes destroyed their televisions. You remember they that, right? Are, I do remember. They were some of the greatest things you could find on YouTube back in 2007. They had to be scripted. Nobody legitimately was filming at the exact moment when somebody put a Wiimote through a TV. Like, there's no way they weren't fake. Have you not seen... I think there's, like, a guy on QVC or one of those, like, shopping channels doing it. And he smacks the TV by accident. Oh, I don't think I ever saw that one. Oh, that's a good one. That's a classic right there. (laughs) Yeah, but, though, the internet blew up with that stuff. And so Nintendo had to make better straps or whatever yeah which you know they've sold so many wii's that it's not like they were you know losing a lot of money i don't think but i was paranoid about that happening like i was scared i mean i I had tube tvs for the most part we did have one flat screen tv i was paranoid about straps if you didn't have your straps uh attached to your wrist and so like i made sure everybody anytime you picked up a Wii remote i was like you better you better put that strap around your wrist because because i don't want this tv to be broken i can't afford another tv or a wii i will say i i i did make sure when people were playing with the wii that they had the straps on uh i wasn't kind enough to tell them uh that was because i I, you know i I didn't want to risk buying another tv i told them you break it you bought it if you break my TV, you're going to pay for it. So if you don't want the strap on, just keep that in mind. Uh, but yeah, uh, they I didn't even notice it. It just kind of happened randomly when I saw that there were different kinds of straps. Because the one that came with the Wii that I had, and I had bought mine from a, from someone, you know, it was used. Yeah. And they had games loaded on it. Uh, but it was it was just like a little slider. And you would slide it towards your wrist. And then they finally came out with the ones that had, like, the clasp. Do you remember those ones? Yeah, the the clasp ones, I think you either had to, uh, I think you had to, like, go online and request them. And you, you would get them for free if you could prove you bought, like, the original model Wii or something like that. 
Yeah. Uh, because I did end up getting those like fancier straps because I was like, well, why the heck not if they're free? Right. I remember liking those ones the best too. The clasps. Oh yeah, I think they were the better ones for sure. Uh, I got a little bit obviously for the reputation reception of this game. I yeah. mean, it was we spoke at the beginning of this episode. It is one of the greatest games or one of the best selling games of all time. Yep. So let me uh, let me show you some numbers. Uh, so it is the best-selling game for the Wii. Mm-hmm. Um, it was sold separately in Japan, which didn't h- hinder sales really that much. The Nintendo Wii, the console itself, sold 101.63 million copies. Wii Sports, 82.9 million copies. So almost, it's 80% close to the sales of the Wii itself. Wow. Um, at the time... Super Mario Brothers had the record for the most sales of a single video game for the you know Super Mario Brothers for the NES 1985. It sold 48.24 million copies, making the Nintendo uh, game at that time. Uh, currently, it's the fourth best-selling game of all time. I think what uh, Minecraft, Grand Theft Auto, and Tetris. Yeah. Have outsold it. Um, but what do you got? I was gonna say the the big caveat there is all of those games, the three that are above it, are uh, multi-platform. Yeah, Wii Sports is only for the Nintendo Wii. Yeah, it's still the best-selling game released on a single platform. Crazy. Um, in 2019, the Guardian newspaper ranked it 28th on the 50 best video games of the century so far. Which is kind of a stretch. I yeah I, I I feel like this is a very influential video game, but I feel like the the like the greatness of the video game is maybe I mean it's it's honestly when you get down to the nuts and bolts of this game, it's not that amazing. It it, yeah. it was like you know, it was like uh uh you know just a like it was like a flash of lightning. It was in the right to- spot at the right time. And sold a ton and was fun for its time. But, like, if they came out with, you know, another Wii Sports, like, and it came packaged with Wii Motes and was on the Switch or whatever, it would not sell. You know? Yeah, like, if it was separate, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. No, absolutely not. And honestly, I think that if the if they tried to sell the, you know, Wii Sports separately in America, I think it still would have done very well. Yeah. But I, you know, the thing is, is it's nowadays it just doesn't hold up. It just all depends. I mean, it was a free game with the console. I mean, if you're selling Wii Sports for sixty dollars on the Switch, no, no one's gonna buy it. That's exactly what happened to One Two Switch. Yeah. But I mean, if 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 it was a ten dollar game you could buy digitally off, you know, the Switch online, I think that would be a big seller. It just all depends. Yeah. No, that's that. I do think it would sell a lot more that way for sure. But I don't think that it's it would be as big of a hit as it originally was back in the day. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah, it's a little tough when you're looking at games that were packaged with a console to see how the sales were. But, hey, numbers <laughs> numbers show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I got a couple Easter eggs. Yeah. So in golf, Wii Sports Golf, all the courses match the courses from the NES version Golf. That's pretty great. Yeah, which is pretty sweet. Um, in training mode, 
There's a bowling game called Power Throw. That's the game where uh, it's 10 frames, and uh, each frame, the number of pins grows. In the final... In the final frame, there's 91 pins. You can actually throw your ball onto the railing. And if you get the ball to go all the way down the uh, uh, alley on the rail, it hits like a bomb and it explodes and knocks all the pins over. Really? Yep. That's crazy. I didn't. I don't even know if I knew you could get the rail. I feel like there was a way to... Couldn't you jump into the wrong lane? I don't know. I never had that happen. I... I feel like there was something ridiculous you could do because I feel like uh, uh, playing the boat like we bowling. I was just like always trying to experiment and mess around and do dumb <laughs> stuff. Maybe you couldn't, and maybe I just wanted to and I tried to. I can't remember now. I mean, that would be amazing. You just like yeah. <laughs> uh, so for speed running. There's a lot of categories in this game. Obviously, there's one for each sport. Uh, there's a lot for all sports. Um, those were the ones I kind of looked up more. Uh, somebody wanted to beat the games as fast as possible uh, under the minimum category. So that would be one game of tennis, one game of baseball, uh, one 10 frame game of bowling, three holes in golf and one back bo- uh, boxing match. Mm-hmm. That was done by Alaska XP two. He did that in seven minutes and 42 seconds. Wow. Then there is all sports plus, which is the maximum number for each sport. So in golf, it would be nine holes. Um, it would be beating the champions and other sports. Uh, there's also pro status as a category, all pro. There is a nine-hole golf record by Danny H09. Uh, he beat all nine holes in four minutes and 36 seconds. Wow, dang. Um, I bring him up also because just recently, within the last couple of years, we Sports Resort Golf has an 18-hole course, which has gained a lot of popularity because um, Darbian, who is the one of the top record holders for the original Super Mario Brothers, he's been running it, and it gained a lot of popularity. And Danny HO9 came out of nowhere and just ended up stealing the record for it for like a long time. He was just like silent while everyone was gaining popularity, and there was like hundreds of people on the record board, and he just like popped in like one weekend and beat the record. Crazy. Uh, and then the last one was all sports, which is getting a pro, st- all pro, all pro status on the Wii games. I don't, th- I don't think we mentioned this. So there's like a XP ranking that you get from playing the games. So whatever me character you selected. So if you selected yourself, whenever you would go into a sport and you would win a match or lose a match, you would gain or lose XP. I forgot about that. Yeah. And so if you hit uh, like a thousand points of XP, you would get something called pro status. I don't remember what you got with that. Oh, did it like change your pant- pants color or something like that? Maybe. I don't remember. I I remember like the Wii U would notify you with a letter that's like, you know, when you're on the main menu, that's like, hey, congratulations for getting pro status. Maybe but I don't remember what else. Yeah. Uh, so someone wanted to do pro status for all sports starting, you know, from zero. Uh, that was done by N. Perch. Do you want to guess how long it took him to do that in all five sports? Oh, uh, probably quite a bit longer. I don't know, maybe uh, three hours. Uh, close. He did it in two hours, 21 minutes, and 11 seconds. Wow. That's normally I'm way off on my guesses. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Interesting. I. Uh, yeah, no, this is a, a just a, I mean... 
whether you like it or not, it is a really legendary game, you know? Just for the, the you know, just how much it sold, how big it was in, like, the, you know, zeitgeist of our, our times uh, from that era. You know, it's, it's you know, kind of crazy. Uh, but uh, I think it's time that we uh, talk about the composer because uh, it's a pretty big name for such a kind of a simple soundtrack. So let's hear a word from one of our partners and we'll be back in a moment. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Whoa, all right, so uh, we've talked about him before. Uh, the composer for Wii Sports is Kazumi Totaka. Yep, who's worked on the Animal Crossing games, Link's Awakening, Mario Paint, Luigi's Mansion. Uh, he h- typically tries to hide his uh, the Totaka song in a bunch of his works, which we've discussed plenty of times before. Though I'm not sure if it's in this game. It is not. I looked it up. I was hoping. I had my fingers crossed, but uh, no Totaka song. That's a shame. Uh, I feel like the, the there's not a lot of music. It's almost more little like melodies, like quick little jingles. Yeah, you know, they're all menu themes, pretty much. Yeah, you know, there's not a lot of like you know in-game music, though it is real mild. It's real simple. It almost seems like it'd be at home in an Animal Crossing game. I. Uh, so let's listen to a few of those songs, uh, and we'll have our uh, listeners be the judge of whether this is, uh, you know, at the same level of Totaka's other uh, 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 works. Uh, first up, we're going to listen to the main theme from Wii Sports. This is like the main menu theme. I mean, there's not a lot to it, but it is real simple. It's mild. Uh, it's it's kind of relaxing. Yeah, you won't... Honestly, though, you won't find a, a more iconic menu song, I think, nowadays than this one. 
the only other menu song I think that is more iconic is uh, the Wii Shop theme. Shop. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Honestly, the 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 menu. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that the the era of the Wii, the Wii in general, had the best menu music of any generation. That is that is bold, Craig. Never have more crazy statements ever been said on a podcast. I I, I just feel like it's a no brainer <laughs> with the Wii Shop theme. Like that, that theme alone instantly wins. Uh, but uh, the Wii Sports, the menu themes are uh, uh, well, they're many and varied. There's a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So next up is one that you uh, uh, selected here for us. It is the uh, uh, the tennis results theme. So let's go ahead and uh, listen to some tennis results. Well, that was a wonderful matchup between Craig WK Agassi and the Glitch Williams, where Craig Agassi led 40 Love. <laughs> you mean old Craig? Old Craig Agassi. <laughs> uh, it's going to uh, uh, potentially sound insane, but hear me out. That, the tennis results theme really reminds me of some of the music from Persona 4. If you're not familiar with the soundtrack to Persona 4, it's amazing. Uh, absolutely give it a listen. Uh, it reminds me of something you might hear in that. I kind of like that uh, quite a bit, actually. Now, Persona 4, that came out after this game, didn't it? Because uh, oh, wasn't Persona, like, Persona 4 like 08 or something like that? Ooh, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, oh, wait, yep. Yeah, because I remember looking that up once because that was one of the last games released on the PS2. Oh, was it one of the last? Interesting. Uh, yeah, awesome game. Amazing soundtrack. Uh, but uh, that's what it kind of reminds me of. I... Uh, so let's listen to a another one here because some of these are pretty quick. Uh, this is the uh, training results get metal theme. Uh, let's go ahead and listen.
there's not a ton to it, uh, but it's fitting. I feel like we I feel like we just came out of a montage. <laughs> it kind of sounds like montage music. Uh, now, for the last theme we're going to listen to, uh, this is like the normal bowling theme. Uh, and this is likely the one I think most people were probably listening to, you know, when they weren't like me and turning the volume off so you could listen to just, you know, whatever music, you know, everyone wanted to hear. Uh, but yeah, how this dare is, you? Totaka is listening to this song right now, and you say you just muted his music to listen to something else. I listen. If I was in control of the the party, it would have just been nothing but video game music. But no, not everyone loves video game music like Craig and Glitch. Uh, so this is the bowling theme. I think that most people at least heard this a little bit. Uh, let's go ahead and give it a listen. reminds me of Animal Crossing and even Pilot Wings. Yeah. When that keyboard kicks in too, I like that a lot. It's not bad, right? Yeah, it's this is hardly Totaka's, you know, most glamorous work for music, but it's got some solid songs on it. It's a it's I I feel like this is the kind of soundtrack you put on when you're studying, reading, uh relaxing. It's just super mellow. Yeah, uh, but glitch. That's the uh, uh, Totaka's music from from Wii Sports. Uh, what are your final thoughts on Wii Sports? I would. I mean, honestly, it's such a huge game for for the direction that Nintendo went into. They could have literally just had another Virtual Boy on their hands here, but the idea of them combining this game with the Wii is I think the the number one reason the Wii was as successful as it was. So I think this has a huge part into that whole what is it what was it, seventh generation, I believe? Seventh generation of gaming. This is this is the mapping you saw for the next five years thanks to the combination of Yeah, absolutely. I uh, it, it really set the standard for that generation. 
and altered everything around it uh for better or worse you know like you know like i said uh, uh the the hardcore pretentious gamer in me does have a little bit of a grudge against Wii Sports that it made things so casual for a while. But the plus side is that it made it more inclusive, that more people could play video games. And, you know, so so objectively, I think it is better. Uh, even if I was annoyed that I didn't have a real controller, you know, on the Wii, unless you count the Wii Classic controller, but hardly any games used it. But uh, my final thoughts on the matter, I think, uh, Glitch, uh, that I'm going to bring in uh, my old pal, old Craig, for this one. Well, Glitch, all I know about this game is I could beat your butt in bowling while sitting on my butt. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? We go ahead and jump on into that there retro relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. So, Craig, today we played a game called Demon World. What kind of blasphemous nonsense are you making me play? Or is it Devil World? I can't Devil, remember. Devil World. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, is it Demon World? I thought we were playing Devil World. Did we play the same game? Uh, yes, Devil World, uh, which never came to America? What? Uh, Uh-oh. It, uh, it was re-released on the Wii's Virtual Console, which is very fitting that, uh, uh, you know, it's in this episode. I. Uh, but due to Nintendo America's uh, uh, anti-religious iconography stuff, I don't think it was ever released in North America. Interesting. Uh, let me see. Uh, yeah, Europe and Japan. Yeah. Huh. Well, it's a good thing, because the game is hot garbage. <laughs> it's, it's super weird. Uh, it, it is a really, really bizarre game. Uh, though it was designed by Shigeru Miyamoto and uh, Takashi uh, Tezuka. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, it's an older game. It's an older title for the NES, or Famicom, I guess it would have been. Uh, was it 85, 84? Uh, originally in Japan in 84. Yeah. Uh, it plays like a Pac-Man. Uh, you walk around, you have to pick up these crosses... In order to pick up, you know, circular balls. And once you had cleared all the balls on the screen, you would go to the next level. But here's the catch. Uh-huh. The screen was constantly moving and there was barriers on the sides. Uh, yeah. So there's barriers on the edge. Uh, so you're stuck in this, like, smaller block. Though you can kind of see outside it. And, uh, uh, you know, much like Pac-Man, enemies come out of, like, the center. Uh, and the devil, like, Satan himself, is standing up at the top. And he points in the direction that he wants his minions to move the, like, box that you're stuck in. It's really yeah. weird. Yeah. And you can get crushed if you get smashed between a wall and the sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can shoot fire, but the enemies can go invisible or have like iframes for a second. Um, but uh, so, Craig, did you beat level one? No, I did not. 
I uh, it took me a few attempts, but I was able to finally beat it. Uh-huh. And at first, I thought it was because, you know, like I said, the screen is moving, so there's more dots than what you can see on the screen. But the game just wants you to clear whatever's on the screen you're currently at. Is how it would work. So like, you don't have to clear all the balls in the stage. You just had to clear the ones on your screen. Oh. Yeah. And then stage two is so much easier. There what? is a block in the center uh-huh. that is missing all four walls. And the walls are in the corners of the screens. So you have to grab all the corners as the screen's moving and bring them back to the center. Oh. That's very different. Yeah. When I got the third, the third stage is uh, the same as the first, but the screen's moving a lot faster, and I, I died quickly. Ah. Uh, yeah, so I, I think it's safe to say that this is a poor man's Pac-Man. Yeah, it's a pa- Pac-Man with a little pizzazz, pretty much. Gimmick. Is how I'm going to, yeah. Uh, That's how I'm going to put it. I will say that uh, the, the plot is utterly absurd. Uh, you control Temagon, a green dragon who decides to just invade the abyss, go to hell and fight the devil. Been there. Right. I mean, if I had a dollar every time that happened. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, the game is weird. It's It's got a heavy Western religious iconography, which kind of makes it kind of funny like it almost gets bonus points for me just for how absurd that is but it doesn't really do anything for the gameplay uh yeah it's 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 a not as fun pac-man in my book yeah it's playable but difficult at least the first level is Uh, i i will say uh uh bonus points for the japanese box art which is kind of terrifying looking Oh, it's it's creepy. Yeah, Craig showed it to me, and it's not nice at all. It's I, very I, horrifying. I highly recommend finding that box art because my have, god, I love it. I'm gonna have a hard time sleeping tonight after looking at that. Understandably so. It's it's horrendous. Uh, it's, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna say it wasn't horrible. I'm gonna give it a two and a half. I think out of eight. Uh, honestly, yeah. yeah, I think that's probably where I would go. Uh, with this game, like a two and a half. Like, it, I feel like maybe if I had a bit more time and knew what I was doing, potentially maybe it would go to like a three out of out of eight. Maybe even a four out of eight if I really like had enough time to get into it. But like, it's just a not as good Pac-Man to me. It's it's not really anything all that spectacular. I, uh, you know, so so that's you know that's my take on it. Yeah. I mean, 1984, there wasn't really much craziness going on with video games. So I could see them just kind of doing a copycat Pac-Man and adding a little bit more. But I think I think with today's standard, I I wouldn't it wouldn't pass. No. Yeah, it's it's not. There's a reason why Miyamoto hasn't decided to remake uh, Devil World, you know, today. You know, we're not getting a reboot of that franchise anytime soon. <laughs> uh, but I will say, uh, if you'd like to see the uh, video game version of uh, the art of uh, uh, Hieronymus ba- uh, Bosch, Bosch? Bosch? Uh, uh, by all means, check out that box art. Are you familiar with who that is, uh, 
I have no idea who you're talking about. Uh, uh, we actually talked about it on uh, uh, Noiseland Arcade at one point. He's the guy who painted a very vivid uh, picture of hell, uh, and it's horrifying. Uh, so if you want the video game no, box art... I, yeah, I'm not going to Google that. I'm going to stay away from that right now. I. Uh, but yeah. Let's let's I tell you what glitch. Let's uh remove those nightmares from your head and move on to our uh how about our uh, stage theme music bracket competition. We have the Juggernaut of Juggernauts. We have from Koji Kondo the overworld theme to Mario 1. Is there possibly any any Juggernaut or Titan or monster that is bigger than the overworld theme for Mario 1. Ah, oh, geez, it's such a... It's tough, because it's such an iconic game, but will it defeat the other great themes it's going up against? Now, that remains to be seen. So let's listen to... Not that anyone needs to listen to it, but for the sake of argument, let's listen to the overworld theme from Mario, and we'll see what it's going up against. Honestly, like it's iconic for a reason. It's an amazing theme. Yeah, I mean, you could walk down the street and play this song, and you could stop everyone on the street, and they would know exactly what it's from. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, you know, Mario is at least at one time. I don't know about these days, but at least at one point was more world renowned than Mickey Mouse. Yeah, like, that's insane. And that music is. I think something that like almost everyone knows. It's like the happy birthday song. <laughs> Everybody knows it. Uh, so what is going up against this giant of giants? Honestly, it's a really amazing song from Castlevania Rondo of Blood, Opus 13, composed by Akira Soji, Keizo Nakamura, Tomoko Sano and Mikio Saito. Uh, this is a uh, a really jazzy Castlevania uh, 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 soundtrack for this game. Uh, 
in a previous episode, you and I had talked about how Castlevania really set the standard for really high quality like Nintendo music. Yeah. Uh, Rondo of Blood was for the TurboGrafx-16 CD add-on uh, that stayed in Japan, never came, uh, at the very least, this game never came to America. I think the CD add-on might have come to America, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it did. And, uh, but, but yeah, this song is, is crazy good. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. Yeah, it's like a Bobby Brown dance video right there. That's what's playing in the background. It's it's so upbeat and and kind. Of, I mentioned it before. It has like a weird jazziness to it uh, that a lot of Castlevania soundtracks don't have. Rondo of Blood is very unique with its music. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. So these two uh, songs are going up against each other. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, I think both you can easily argue as, as being a better song than the other, though it's easy to argue that obviously Mario is a more prevalent and more nostalgic song. Uh, so I, I think that this will be another really interesting matchup to see what our fans choose. Are they going to go with something that's like kind of, you know, unique <clears throat> and different, or are they going to go kind of tried and true with nostalgia? Yeah, because I feel like both of these contenders in their previous rounds were that whole like you know m- simple melody versus gigantic theme mm-hmm. and you know like orchestrated theme and in Su- super mario brothers matchup it won but in rondo blood's matchup that won yeah so it's gonna be interesting like can can these go through this battle again and come out who's gonna come out the champion yeah no absolutely and and honestly yeah. You know, you could say it for almost every song in in the second round, I think. But uh, I do think that whoever wins this one is going to go far. Yeah. You know? uh, so why don't you uh, tell how tell everyone how they can vote? Absolutely. So for those interested in joining in the vote and having your uh, voice heard, uh, you can follow us on Facebook. We throw up our vote there. Our Twitter account, our weekly vote is there as well. Uh, if you go to GameZillaMedia.com, you can become a member of our uh, uh, Discord. And every week we have a Discord vote there. And to top it off, uh, if you're a uh, as low as $1 member of our Patreon page, Patreon.com slash GameZillaMedia, uh, you're going to be able to vote there as well. Glitch, give a quick rundown for our listeners. What else are they getting with Patreon? 
Yeah, so Patreon, we have two levels. One dollar, you get that vote. And you get access to our State of the Zilla show, which is a monthly show brought to you by all members, different members of the GameZilla Media. Uh, but if you're generous enough to give us that $5 point, you get a whole bunch of stuff. Let me start off. You get our Game Shark episode, which is a monthly show where we cover various topics of retro gaming. You get Noiseland Arcade Smart Line monthly episode, which is various topics, characters, discussions uh, from The Simpsons. You get Noobs and Dragons Behind the DM, which is a discussion about the show itself, character development, etc. You get GameZilla podcast uh, Muster Bus, which they go over what games are coming out soon what their ratings are, what they suggest, what they don't suggest buying. And you also get last section podcast post credit scene where they talk about certain characters, movies they loved, rankings, just like how we do just with movies. Yeah, there is a ton of content for you guys on our Patreon page. And the best part is, is that by supporting us, we're able to start expanding, bringing more content. Uh, So, you know, if you are able to give, it is greatly appreciated. And to all our Patreon members who have already begun supporting us uh, or have been for a while, it definitely means the world to us because we couldn't be doing this show without you. Nope. Yeah, this show would have died with uh, the start of the coronavirus. It, Yeah, it would have. It definitely would have. Uh, it's, you know, the the Patreon and, you know, the, the funds we get from that are able to, you know, keep websites going and you know uh get us equipment and stuff like that so you know definitely means the world uh that you guys support us hopefully you guys are enjoying legend of retro regardless of whether you support us uh and i think it's about time for uh you and i to call it quits here uh glitch yeah i think the fans have seen all they can see today it's about time to wrap it up what do you say i i think that uh, things are oh wait is that an old man running out onto the bowling alley he's naked they just tripped. What a travesty. Old man Craig, put some pants on. Yeah, make me. Well, sports fans, we'll see y'all next time when the legend, the legend continues. continues.